Welcome to the Startup Competitors Podcast, where we talk with early stage entrepreneurs to understand what information they use to inform product roadmap, strategy, and market differentiation. Hey there, welcome to the podcast. Today I chat with Warren Schaefer, who's the co founder and CEO of Knowable. This was an awesome podcast. Uh, this is Warren's third startup. We talk just super briefly about the first two, spend a lot of time on Noble and what it's like to build an audio-first learning platform. I uh, got a lot of, out of this one, and I'm uh, signed up for my very first Noble course uh, as a consequence of this. And if you hang around to the end of the podcast, Warren will end up sharing a discount code. Thanks so much for listening to this. Hope you enjoy it. If you like it, find Warren on Twitter and drop him a note and tell him you appreciate him taking the time to to talk with us and share a lot of what he's learned. This episode is brought to you by Full Stack PEO. Most founders start companies because they figured out a better way to solve a problem or serve a need, not because they love tracking payroll, filling out compliance forms, and explaining employee benefits packages. And yet, all that stuff still has to be done. That's why there's Full Stack PEO. Full Stack PEO specializes in turnkey HR for emerging companies, not just those core services, but advice and expertise that help founders maximize employee potential. Curious? Find out more at fullstackpeo.com. Welcome to the podcast. Today, we're chatting with Warren Schaefer, who's a co-founder and CEO of Knowable. Warren, welcome. Thanks for having me, Mike. Why don't we start things off with a quick pitch for Knowable? Knowable is an audio-first knowledge marketplace or a learning platform where you can find high-quality educational courses that are made for audio-first. So you can listen and learn on the go while doing dishes, at the gym, on your commute, without having to stare at a screen. I love it. And then is it, I, I kind of think I know the answer to this because I was, I was perusing some of your courses yesterday, but just for the listener, maybe you can unpack this a little bit. Is it, I, when I first kind of landed on the homepage, it sounded to me like it was just a podcast on an app, but I don't think it's that. Can you unpack a little bit about the way the courses work? Yeah, so we're our, our goal is to combine the best of audiobooks and podcasts and e-learning and create a new format in the audio first learning space. So when you think of online education today, it's poised to be a trillion dollar industry in the next five years. But every player today when is focused on video, right? You think of Udemy or Skillshare or Masterclass or even YouTube. It's all predicated on this idea that if you want to learn in a structured way, you have to start a video screen. And I, I think video is great, but unfortunately, not everyone has time to stare at a screen and, and learn. And so what we're trying to do is make learning fit into more people's lives. And that's why we've started with an audio format. We go way beyond a podcast. We have things like quizzing. There's community features. There are member benefits. And really, the content itself is meant to be A to Z. So we've got a course called Launch a Startup, which I think would be particularly relevant to, to your listeners, Mike. Indeed. And that one features Alexis Ohanian, who's the co-founder of Reddit. And rather than just hearing sort of an interview with him where he sort of gives you the same rote answers um, that he's given in other places, it's, it's really a guide uh, about you know, what he's learned. And, and think of it more like a book where somebody's really taken the time to distill the very best thoughts and the, their very best learnings into a course. 
and maybe this is I'm going to reorder some of my questions here a little bit because we we ended up on on that one. Talk a little bit about how you source that content. So are you working with him in particular and he's laying this out specifically as he wants it structured or are you finding that content from other places and repurposing it and restructuring it in a very specific way? How do you guys source content? So our our mission is to empower enthusiastic experts and connect them with lifelong learners to unlock learning time. So we that that first part of the statement is empower enthusiastic experts. We think Alexis is an expert in the startup world and he is an enthusiastic person. So we went to him and we said, "Hey, we'd love for you to share the wisdom that you wish you would have had 10 years ago or whenever you were starting out your journey and share it with the next generation of entrepreneurs." And and that pitch resonated with him and he decided to to be the lead for that course and was involved from the very beginning in terms of the curriculum and pedagogy. Got it. And then I I feel like I saw some courses where you had multiple different contributors in that course. Is that is that correct as well? Yeah. So that course is is cool. It features other founders like Eddie Liu, who's the founder of Goat, which is a sneaker marketplace. It's the largest sneaker marketplace. And Michael Praisman, the the co-founder and CEO of Everlane, which is a pioneering direct-to-retail, uh, direct-to-consumer uh, retailer, um, among other founders, startup investor from Upfront Adventures who led the investment in Ring, which Amazon acquired for over a billion dollars, preeminent startup lawyer from Cooley, and Nancy Miller, she's a former editor at Wired, is kind of the host and talks to all of these different people and, and helps stitch the course together along with Alexis. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Again, you don't have to answer anything I ask. Then do those authors or contributors have uh, royalties on things that are sold? Is it a upfront payment? Are they just doing it because they want to get the content out there? How does that work? Yeah. So um, the, the way we are doing courses varies a little bit based on the level of involvement of each person. So for, for that course, that was actually our pilot course. Um, and I've been working in startups for a long time. So uh, pretty much everyone who who did that course um, did so as a, as a favor to me as a, as a founder. Awesome. And if I wanted to put a course out on Noble, is Noble invitation only, or can I reach out to you to put content out there? How does that work? Yeah. So we're actually in beta on a marketplace um, and you can go to noble.fyi slash create Mike and apply to be a creator. And yeah. Yeah. So we are looking for, again, that going back to that mission statement, our, our goal is to empower enthusiastic experts. And we really want to help people turn their knowledge into a business. And I'm, I'm so, so excited for the marketplace to be, to be up and running. And I would love for you to do a course on Noble. This is my new guest strategy. I'm going to invite people on who have products that I want to fully take advantage of. I'm, I'm excited that we're talking. That's why we're here. <laughs> All right. Uh, back on track. Yeah, why don't you provide a quick status of Noble? So for somebody who's listening, are you still like working out of your garage or are you ready to IPO? Like whatever vanity metrics or stats you can share to paint a picture for somebody listening of where you guys are at? Yeah, so this is actually my, my third company that I'm running together with my co-founder. Uh, we started Noble a, a little over a year ago and we were fortunate to raise a seed round led by Andreessen Horowitz. Uh, with participation from initialized capital, first round capital, and upfront ventures. We raised uh, about $4 million. And uh, we launched officially October 1st um, with just a few courses. Um, We now have 11 courses in the library and are scaling really quickly. 
Uh, we just hired an amazing head of content who actually learned audio under Ira Glass at This American Life. He's kind of the OG of podcasting. Yeah, Shazam. Uh, yeah. And uh, and she recently headed up content for Headspace as well. And um, the team is uh, nine full-time and we are, we are in full acceleration mode. Um, we've got early customers who love the product. The engagement's been really amazing. Um, we're, we're adding a ton of features to make the whole experience so much richer and it's, it's an exciting time in the, in the company life cycle. So short, short answer to your question is we're about, um, you know, a little over a year in and, uh, I am still working from my home, but that's actually by, by design. Yeah. And you, so this has been, um, it, this probably won't be one of my questions for very much longer. At least I, I hope not, but I've been asking <laughs> folks about COVID and the impact so you launched in October and then you probably only had a couple of months of runway of actually driving um, user adoption before COVID hit. But did you see any demonstrable spike or or would it would that have just naturally occurred anyway based on the way that you guys were marketing and, and getting new users? You know, it's hard to disentangle. We're not doing a ton of a ton of marketing right now. The marketing that we've done so far has been very experimental to figure out what channels are going to work best. We, we've seen organic growth come through a referral code. So we actually let, when you buy a course on Knowable, you can bring a friend along. Um, we think that learning is best with friends. So, um, that's helped drive, drive awareness. Um, you know, word of mouth has also helped. Uh, we got some initial launch press and then experts in the courses sharing, sharing the course as well, um, helps drive awareness for Knowable. So, um, we're actually working towards. Um, you know, I mentioned we're in beta on the marketplace, and we're also working towards a subscription offering. Um, at which point, we think it makes more sense to to really open the spigots on marketing efforts, um, especially now that we've got all these uh, insights and learnings around you know what works and what doesn't. Got it. So you're you're getting ready to launch kind of the the marketplace version, right? So two sided marketplace. Talk to me about your. Th- thoughts on that? I mean, obviously, it seems like you're rolling up content first before going after broader user adoption. What are your thoughts on how that's going to unfold and um, any concerns that you and the team have with the way that you're approaching it? So, so in terms of uh, user acquisition specifically? Yeah. Yeah. So on the marketplace side, what's cool about that is the creator, the, the way we're structuring this is a, is a rev share and the lion's share of the revenue goes to the creator of the course. So they're incentivized to, to market their own course. Uh, so that allows us to, you know, from a working capital perspective, uh, we don't pay upfront to have the course produced and we're not paying as much for, for each new user that comes into the platform. And on on sort of the broad platform side, uh, we, you know, we think it makes sense to really have a broad library and then start pitching Noble as a library and a platform rather than us marketing each individual course, right? Um, we, it's still effective. We're still seeing a positive ROI on, you know, marketing, for instance, Alexis's startup course. But we think that the early data that we've seen is our marketing becomes so much more effective when we're saying, hey, you have access to an entire library of audio first courses so that you can make the most of your audio time, right? You can be on a run and know that you're listening to something that is highly curated, is led by an expert, and is made in such a way that is structured to help you get to make progress at something that you are looking to make progress in. Got it. 
so when you think, <laughs> not even sure how to ask this question. So I was going to ask about kind of content roadmap, right? But in a in a user driven, user submitted content space, that that might be hard to guide. So how do you guys think about content roadmap? Like, are are you going to be out soliciting specific people for certain topics to try to build like different categories, or just kind of whatever happens, happens? Yeah, so we're not a totally open marketplace. We're this uh, the marketplace effort is it's a curated marketplace, and so uh, the the process is that you would apply to be a, to lead a course and be an expert. So there's some combination of us reaching out to people who we think would be an amazing expert and, and teacher, and then uh, you know starting to get inbound as well and referrals. It, it's still early days in terms of us specifying exactly here is the cutoff of kind of your level of expertise, but a key insight for us is. You want an expert who's enthusiastic and who can bring energy to the listener, especially in audio. It's so important to feel not just educated, but also inspired, right? And, and enthused to go and take the next steps because, right, you can listen to a course on launching a startup, but there's so much more that comes after that. And so can we find the person who's going to give people a realistic version of what needs what they need to learn, but also give them hope that if they put in the work, they can make progress and can can move forward to their goal. Nice. All right. I want to go back. You had said this is the third company you're running with your co-founder. That could be interpreted that you're actively running three companies or it could be <laughs> interpreted that you've exited from a couple of companies and this is your third swing. Yeah. Which of those is it? The the latter. We've had a couple of exits and this is our third and, and sole focus. Okay. Awesome. Uh, what What were those other two companies? The first one was called Social Engine. So we made software for people and companies to create their own social networks. And uh, that one was acquired in 2014. And then we had a company called... I think called... I remember seeing Social Engine. Like yeah. I, I remember taking a look at that for... I, I can't even remember why, but that yeah, that would have been like uh, almost eight years ago or something like that. Yep. Yep. So that was a, a really cool, cool product and it's still going today. Uh, lots of companies and people built communities using Social Engine software, including... Apple and MasterCard and even NASA built a, a community using social engine software. And then we, uh, my co-founder, his name is Alex, um, him and I started a company called VidMe. And that was a user-generated video platform. And it, it really just took off on Reddit and scaled to over 25 million monthly users. Uh, and, and Giphy ended up acquiring it. Uh, and then we started Knowable. And you know the, the dream there is to... The long-term vision for Knowable is for lifelong learning to become as fun as video games so that humanity doesn't implode. <laughs> so what, there is somewhat of a common thread there uh, across those three startups, right? So walk me through that from you and your co-founders perspective. Like why did you start it? Was it, is it so, sociable, socialized, social, social engine? Yeah. Social engine. Thanks. Why did you start social engine? Then why VidMe and and then why knowable? And are they related in any way? Yeah, it's funny. Alex and I were kind of talking about we, we basically are just going after the same idea in different form function, form factors. But it's really about empowering other people to turn their knowledge or creativity into a business or into a way of reaching other people. So it's it's about giving tools to creative people at the at, at the core of it, right? And using using software to do that. And where do you think that comes from? I don't know. That's a great question. I haven't 
introspected if that's a, a verb hard yeah. enough on that uh on that idea i think it's just exciting i mean i i i don't it's probably cheesy but that feeling of if you can give somebody a tool and then they can go like if you teach somebody to fish that's amazing right they they like learned the skill for their entire life yeah uh, and so so it's probably just some offshoot of of that of trying to do that at scale nice Warren, do you guys have a uh, favorite swag at Noble? Something that you hand out to the team or to investors or to some of your early content producers? We do. We do. I'm very proud of it. What is it? What's your, uh, what's your, what's your favorite thing? We've got Noble socks, which we like to call foot sweaters. Uh, foot and, sweaters. Uh, and then we also have uh, Aren't, totes. Wait, stop. Aren't you in California? You can't have a foot sweater if you're in California. <laughs> People still wear socks. You still sometimes need to wear socks. Okay. All right. Sorry, I cut you off. Then, then what else did you have? And we also have uh, Noble tote bags. So it kind of kind of looks like the New Yorker bag, but even even cooler. Right on. Awesome. Uh, well, if uh, you're listening to this and you need to get swag for your startup, you can go to fuelmerchandise.com, mention startup competitors, and get a discount on your first order. Let's talk kind of marketplace competition, how you guys think about that. When I ask you for competitors to knowable, who or what comes to mind? Yeah. So we're in the education space and companies like Udemy, Skillshare, YouTube, Masterclass are all all going towards a similar customer, which is somebody who is interested in taking a, a course so I know you're not going to like this answer, but we're actually in competition with ourselves at the end of the day. We really are. We really are a mission-driven company, right? Our goal is for more people to become lifelong learners. There's this great H.G. Wells quote, which is, humanity is in a race between education and catastrophe. And so we like to think that companies that are working to help people learn more are helping avoid humanity's demise. But there are other people who are, you know, who are in the space. Um, and the nice thing about having a mission-driven company is you view competitors as a way to push you to be more innovative rather than zero-sum, right? Like we really don't think of, of education as zero-sum. There's, there's, no, there's a, a paucity of people who are lifelong learners in the world. And um, we think that it's a huge challenge. And the more people that are trying to solve it, the better at the end of the day for humanity. In terms of direct competitors of people who, you know, if somebody, if you, Mike, are kind of has some downtime and you're thinking about learning, certainly the screen competitors that I mentioned before, right? Masterclass, Udemy, Skillshare, YouTube. Those are all players that are offering online learning. In the audio space, when we started, there was really no one doing quite what we were trying to do. And I still I still think that we're we're pioneering a format but audiobooks and podcasts are are certainly in the audio space right a lot of people are learning through through audiobooks and through podcasts as well why was audio only so important to you so really the the business came from my personal frustration and i became a dad after a few years ago and just the amount of free time that I have as a dad, as a new dad, especially 
is was so diminished. And I just realized that I, I couldn't make time to stare at a screen, but I did still have audio time. And I was, you know, commuting to work and going to the gym and listening to podcasts and listening to audiobooks. I've always loved audio um, and spoken word. But I felt frustrated that I wasn't nothing was really structured. There was no like sense of progress or learning or community. And Alex and I, when when we knew we wanted to start something new, we, we were really excited about playing in the education space because of its its mission and its impact. And we just realized like we you know, we actually thought about making video courses and we realized like, God, we're never gonna have time to watch these things. But we do have time for audio. And that was the the aha connection that led us to to build Knowable. That's interesting. So I do do you ever anticipate having audio that or um, I'm sorry, a, a course that multiple people could interact with at, at one time, like something like more of a real time experience or, or always self-paced? I think that there's um, the, a combination of synchronous and asynchronous is most exciting, right? This idea of like, hey, uh, Mike, you're going to take this course on. I'm going to make a course. I'm working on a course right now on on raising your first round of institutional capital. Put me in. Yeah, cool. I'm excited. Um, and I, I would imagine a world where you listen to the recording and then there's sort of, you're in a cohort, right, of 30 people. And there's like a, a group session where you talk about, okay, every person kind of goes around and says like their unique challenges and their unique situation. But I think that that combination of synchronous and asynchronous is so, so powerful because it, it allows people to fit the learning into their schedule, but then also have the benefits of community and cohort and, and personal feedback and attention. Nice. I like that. Where, yeah. uh, where is that on the roadmap? It is in the near term. We are, we're, we're testing out some stuff for, you know, there's the, the low hanging fruit of just adding people to a Slack group and, and allowing people who have taken the course at any point to, to start to connect and build relationships and help each other. Um, and then, uh, and then we've got some cool product features in the works too. Nice. What, what's been the biggest challenge you and the team have faced getting the product to the point where it is today? You know, I think at the beginning when we pitched the idea, I went to a friend who has been in the audio space for a long time. And I was like, hey, we're going to make, I've got this great idea. You're going to love it. Uh, we're going to make audio first educational courses and people are going to pay for it. And he's, he looked at me and he's like, no one pays for audio. And that's because he had been in the podcast world and, you know, the, the thesis was that because radio has historically been free, people are trained to believe that audio is, is cheap and should be free. Right. And I remember that we felt really dejected. Like I really, you know, kind of went back and started having these more conversations with video producers and being like, okay, we're going to make these video courses. And I'm not sure exactly how we're going to be different from everyone else, but you know, education space is cool. And so let's try here. And I just remember having this conversation with my wife where I was like, I don't, I just don't know that I'm going to have time to watch these things. And I, I remember having a conversation with Alex and, you know, I kept repeating this phrase of like, well, no one pays for audio. And we were treating that as, as gospel. And then we thought about it and I said, wait a minute, I pay for audio, right? Like I have been a lifelong subscriber to Audible. I've get, given them 150 bucks a year gladly for at least the last 10 years. And there's a clear opportunity to take what, what works in podcasts and what works in, in audiobooks and what works in e-learning and, and make something new and special here that we would want to use and that we would gladly pay for. Um, so that, that was kind of the, the low point and the high point, you know, the realization, the coming out of the trough of like, no, let's listen to what we would want to do as, as consumers and, and find a way. 
You know what? What's interesting? There's a couple of things flashing through my head as you talk. One one of them is uh, I, I remember this pretty painfully. I uh, random side comments. I have a farm, and we have livestock on the farm. So we have like goats, sheep, pigs, turkeys, chickens, bees. All we have basically all sorts of stuff. This is like my my part of it. Adventures in parenting. This was one of my stupid ideas to be a better dad. <laughs> and like there is going to be a point at some point where me and one of my sons um, get into a fight and he's going to do something. He's going to say something like, you can't make me. And I'll be like, dude, I started a farm to teach you a lesson. You really think you can win? <laughs> like, <laughs> but, but we'll see. Who's um, more stubborn? Yeah, exactly. So, but, you know, there there was this moment. I remember uh, this would would have been, you know, like, I don't know, probably six or seven years ago where I was trying to do a thing for the first time, like give a, give a pig a shot, right? Which, uh, if you have a, a a pig who does not want a shot, it it is, it can be very difficult to do so. And inevitably, anytime you get in this spot, you like, you know, you do what every human on the planet does and you go to YouTube and you watch like five people do it. Uh, and then you're like, Oh, well that looks so super easy. I can do that. And I got to this point where I was like, you know what? Like, I'm just going to listen to this while I'm out there doing it, right? Like, I can just put on my headset and push play and, like, just basically have this person walk me through it. And I kept getting frustrated because every time I'd turn off the screen, it, of course, would kill the audio. <laughs> and, like, I just couldn't – I couldn't even – like, I couldn't even do what I wanted to do, right? Like, because I, I basically either had to make the choice of completely drain my battery because I had to keep the screen on while I'm out there working or yep. – uh, or, you know, do it asynchronously, which is not, was not ideal at that time because what I was trying to do was complicated enough. And so while you were describing kind of, you know, the reason why you really felt like audio was the right, right way to go, like it just completely speaks to me as somebody who's like every weekend I'm outdoors all day doing different things with earbuds in, but not wanting to look at a screen, right? I'm, I'm like swinging a hammer or or taking care of an animal or doing something like that. It's just really interesting. Totally. That's an awesome story. It's cool. How many kids do you have, Mike? Uh, two. I have a nine-year-old and a four-year-old. Okay. On a farm. So a lot of animals and then a, a couple of, of kids. A lot of animals. Yeah. How old? Uh, so do you still have the one or do you know? I've got, more? I now, so uh, the first is three and a half and the second is one and a half. Almost oh man, you're just getting to the best part ever. So three to six for me is like just magical. Yeah. Uh, you know, seven, eight, nine are fine, but like, <laughs> man, I feel like that three to six period is just the best, particularly yeah. as a as a dad. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It's it's definitely feeling good right now. Um, so and the kids are getting along, so it's, it's really heartwarming. So you know what's interesting. I do, uh, uh, my, my oldest and I listen to business wars together, which is, mm-hmm. um, the guy, you wrongs. know, oh, no, uh, that's the wondery. Show, yeah. Right? Yep. Yep. Wondery, uh, which is, it's a, it's amazing content, particularly at his age. There's a little bit of salty language in it, but I try not to let his mom listen with us. So we listen to that. And then, you know, I, there's, there's a couple of other things we do with audio that is particularly good when we're in the car together. Do you ever anticipate um, in the marketplace, having content for younger learners as well, and when do you think that'll happen? Yeah, we, I do. As a you know, as a dad, I'm really excited about it. I, I try to not let my kids do too much screen time, but I think you know the audio. There's still something that feels 
the short answer is yes. And uh, it's it's not the not the first order of operations, but it's it's on the roadmap and something that I personally am very excited about. Awesome. Well, can't wait. Can't wait for that as well. That's that's cool. All right. So talk to me a little bit about uh, if you can talk to me a little bit about kind of not product roadmap in the short term. Uh, one, because I think we've covered a lot of that. But uh, two, I, I'm actually really interested in where you where you see this going long term. So if if I asked you to paint a picture of Knowable for me, like maybe five to 10 years from now, or, or you know, however far you've, you've looked into the future, what do you think is different from where you are today? Not, not just in terms of traction and kind of base functionality, but is there any new technology that you're bringing to the table? Is there, is there anything significantly different that you think you'd see out there? Yeah, it's a great question. I, I think short answer is there's so much room for innovation in online education and, and COVID is actually accelerating the need for that, right? Uh, I think that there's there's so much more that we can do to help people learn throughout the course of their life and that it is increasingly important that people continue to learn as the pace of the economy accelerates, right? And, pe- and skills need to be learned and unlearned and new skills need to be adopted. So, there's, there's a ton that's going to happen and technology will definitely help. Um, with audio in particular, I, Apple actually just announced, you know, new functionality where you can interact based on the movement of your head when you're wearing AirPods. So what? you could imagine, yeah, you can imagine a scenario where, uh, I'm doing, you're doing your course on pig injections, right? <laughs> <laughs> and you can literally say, all right, are you with me? You know, n- nod twice if you are. And it's like nod twice and, uh, you know, that continues and uh, nod, you know, backwards if you, <laughs> you're, you're feeling a little bit lost and really the, the course and the content starts to dynamically adapt based on feedback. So I think we're going to have more personalization in education. There's going to be content will be dynamic and adapt to, to really what you want to learn um, and what you need to learn in your learning style. So that that's something that I see happening, and that's just a specific preview. So the other big big thing that I'm excited about is, and that I see happening with Knowable and, and with education in general, is learning should feel more fun, right? Because if learning is as fun as video games, then we're all going to spend a lot more time learning as a civilization and a society, and that will lead to better better outcomes. So I think there's a bunch of room for enthusiasm and teaching, right? Even online education today feels like 1.0. It feels like we've just taken the stodgy university and put it online and not really taken advantage of storytelling and feedback loops and personalization. And and that's stuff that at Noble, we're really excited to push forward. Yeah, you kind of blew my mind what the, the interactive way that you could do that just with something that I didn't even know existed and apparently it's out there. So as I Google frantically, so that's, <laughs> that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So we're get, getting close to time and, and I want to respect your time. Couple more questions. So what is your current favorite course on Noble? Uh, my current favorite course is launch a startup just because it's, it's something that I've spent, I spent the past decade of my life working in startups and the hope for that course is that it arms somebody who's starting out today with a competitive advantage, right? And really expedites the the learning that um, I wish I would have had when I was starting out as an entrepreneur. So that I highly recommend that course. Awesome. 
And if I were to find you on a Friday night, Saturday morning, and you were just totally into learning the the new thing that you're you're trying to pick up right now, whether it's a skill, hobby, whatever, what would that be? What what's the thing that you're into? I'm I'm working on a knowable course on raising your first round of institutional capital. So that's the thing that's giving me the most energy right now. I'm I'm really enjoying that. And again, that same reason of I like distilling what I've learned and sharing it with others. It's a good feeling. And so I'm trying to make sure that I'm as educated as, as possible on that on that space and collecting the best wisdom and the best insider tips to to share with others. Yeah. So I'm, I'm actually interested in how you're doing that. So is that just you scrubbing the web for what, you know, prior art and what people have said in the past and things like that, and then finding time to interview them? How, how are you actually going through that process to put that course together? Yeah, so I'm actually leading it. And I, the process I've done so far is first start with what I know and what I wish I would have known. And my goal for the course is to just focus on the non-obvious stuff, right? Because there's tons of great resources. And the nice thing about Noble, because we're an app, is we have links to all the other resources that can be useful to you, right? So the launch a startup course, it's not exhaustive, right? We give you a, a link to the Sequoia pitch deck and a link to a co-founder agreement. So the goal really there is, if I was listening to an audio course, what would I want to hear, right? And so enthusiasm, energy, and personality too, is what, what really sets a Noble course apart, is this idea of audio is so intimate, right? That you, you want to feel like the person is personally invested in your success. And, and so I, I'm doing the, the work first and foremost on my own side of like, hey, I, I've been in the startup world for 10 years. I've raised over $12 million from some of the best venture capital firms in the world. How can I share my knowledge? How can I democratize access to this industry that a lot of people wouldn't have access to otherwise? I love it. Uh, all right. If folks want to find knowable content, learn more about you or get in touch with you, what's the best way for them to do that? So check out knowable at knowable.fyi. And I'm most findable on Twitter. We also, Mike, I wanted to, to share a coupon uh, or discount code with your your listeners. Um, Heck and yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it's 50% off um, for, for their first course. And it's uh, startup comp is going to be the, the code. And they can just awesome. apply that at checkout on the website. I will be the first one to do so. Awesome. What What's your Twitter handle real quick? WWShaef, S-H-A-E-F. Awesome. Warren, thank you so much for taking the time. Mike, thanks for having me. Really fun speaking with you. If you're thinking of launching a SaaS product, startup competitors can provide data on your closest competitors, survey potential users, or provide other product validation services. Learn more at startupcompetitors.com.